With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on Salary Cap and Contract Issues. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Um, today, we are going to be uh, looking at the new significance of the Pro Bowl and a couple of AFC North quarterbacks who are heading in different directions, Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield. Um, The Pro Bowl um, rosters were announced on Monday, and beginning with uh, this year, the Pro Bowl takes on some increased significance. And the reason I say that is because the CBA, which was ratified in March, changed how fifth-year options for first-round picks um, were calculated. And the first class it applies to is the 2018 first-round draft class. Previously, the fifth-year options were based strictly on your draft position. Um, if you were drafted in the top 10 of the round, your fifth-year option was the average of the top 10 salaries at your position at the beginning of uh, your fourth year. Um, and picks 11 through 32 it was the average of the third through 25th largest salaries at your position. So where you got drafted strictly determined um, what your um, fifth-year option was going to be. And by average salary, I mean how franchise tags are calculated. So it's that cap percentage average franchise and transition tags. So it's that cap percentage average um, thing, which is over a five-year period. Now, that being said, the big change is that the fifth-year options are now dictated by performance. doesn't matter where you drafted uh, for your fifth-year option. It's how you perform in your first three years. If you have two or more Pro Bowl selections on the original ballot, not as an alternate, in your first three seasons, then your fifth-year salary is going to be the average of top five salaries your position, which is basically the franchise tender heading into year four. And if you have one Pro Bowl berth, then it's going to be the average of the top 10 salaries at your position, which would be equal equal to the transition tender. If you don't make a Pro Bowl, then there are two other tiers of salaries. If you participate in 75% of the offensive or defensive plays, whichever one is applicable, in two of your first three seasons, or average at least 50% play time in in each of your first three seasons, then the fifth-year salary is the average of the third through 20th highest paid players at your position. If you don't do that and you, you don't go to a Pro Bowl, then for everybody else, it's the average of the third through 25th highest salaries at a player's position. And quite frankly, 
if you're in that fourth category, your option ain't getting picked up at all. Now, there's a another change that fifth-year options, you should just be guaranteed for injury uh, when you exercise them. And then um, at the beginning of the fourth year, the skill and care, skill and salary cap guarantees kicked in. So they become fully guaranteed at that point. You've seen uh, teams which would decide uh, at the beginning of the fourth year that they didn't want to uh, have that fifth year be fully guaranteed and then drop the player on the fifth-year option. So then the player becomes an unrestricted free agent. And probably the uh, original case or the most famous case of that happening was RG3. He didn't play at all in that fourth year when he um, he was put on ice when he lost his job to Kirk Cousins. So that preserved their right to drop his fifth-year option, which at the time was $16.155 million, and they did so heading into that fifth year so that they didn't have any cap obligations and he was an unrestricted free agent. That happened um, last year as well. I mean, this year as well. The Chicago Bears had exercised uh, Leonard Floyd's uh, fifth-year option for $13.222 million. Then when this year rolled around, they decided, you know what, we don't want him on the books for that, so they cut him. Man, remove the obligation. Now, when you exercise the option, not only if the whole fourth year salary isn't fully guaranteed, and, and that would only apply to the bottom, like, six, seven picks in the uh, draft, that becomes guaranteed when the option is exercised. And also, the fifth-year option is fully guaranteed um, when it's exercised. And there's no offset. The CBA is silent about offsets with those. The union's taking a position that there's no offset with um, the fifth-year options. So basically, you pick up the option, you've made a commitment to the guy for that fifth year. Now, who, now, who does that impact? Let's look at a couple of guys first that um, had the options been in place and applied to the 2017 class this year and didn't start applying for 2018 class, who would have it affected who didn't sign a contract extension? Not only is a couple of guys um, in particular. Jamal Adams, his fifth-year option is uh, going to be next year. Uh, $9.869 million. It would have been higher um, than it is, right, than it, than it is. It, it, it would have been. No, actually, his is fine. His, his, would have been, his, would have, his would have increased the franchise tag, excuse me, because he went to two Pro Bowls, 2018-2019. His would be $11.441 million. Same would hold true for Marcus Lattimore. Um, Marcus Lattimore, 11th pick, so his was the average of third through 25th highest paid salaries. His is $10.244 million. It would have been $14.197 million that he would have gotten um, the increase to the uh, franchise tag. Um, nope, actually, I'm, oh, no, no, his would have gone to 16388 not the transition. His would have gone to the franchise tag, $16.338 3.338 million, excuse me. So, um, for Marcus Lattimore, not having to apply to uh, 17 class as opposed to 18 class, that's a $6.4 million difference, roughly. I mean, a $6.1 million difference, roughly, in his option price. For TJ Watts, another guy, his is third through 25th highest paid salaries, $10.089 million. Fifth year option would have been the transition tag because. He was an alternate, 2018, doesn't count. 2019 made the Pro Bowl. Uh, 13.737 million is what his would have been. Now, who does it actually apply to? 
We've had a lot of guys who got Pro Bowl bursts, <laughs> at least one in 2018, from the 2018 draft class. Um, and a couple of them did it their uh, rookie year. So for Saquon Barkley, his is going to be what it would have been had it stayed the same because he was a second overall pick. So it was going to be the transition number, but he went to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. So his elevates to the transition tag anyway. Now with running backs, the numbers have been going down um, for franchise and transition tags. That's going to happen again. Uh, we do know that the cap won't be any lower than $175 million because of the uh, agreement between the NFL and NFLPA for a salary cap floor. Nobody really has any ideas of where the lost revenues are, how much. So if anyone's saying that they definitively know where the 2021 cap is right now, unless it comes from a directly from a team source or league or the league, um, they don't know. Now, assuming the cap is $175 million, Barclays – Fifth-year option, pretty cheap, 6.92 million. If the cap is stays flat at the current 198.2 million, then it's 7.837 million. Now, Denzel Ward stays the same. He's at the transition tag. Bradley Chubb goes to Pro Bowl this year. His is going to be a transition tag, so no harm, no foul. Top 10 picks. Quentin Nelson, his was already going to be the franchise tag because he went to the Pro Bowl in his first two years on the original ballot. The question is, where is it going to be exactly? The cap's under $75 million, It's going to be $13.188 million according to my calculations. And if the cap's $198.2 million, it'll be $14.37 million. $14.937 million. It's almost $15 million. Under the old way, it would have been the transition tag, so he was looking at it being at most... million. Josh Allen, first-time Pro Bowler, so at $175 million. Transition tag, $22.07 million. $198.2 million. Then it's going to be getting close to $25 million, $24.996 million. Guy who's making out like a bandit now is Minka Fitzpatrick. He was the 11th pick, so he would have been the break where if he'd gone one pick higher under the old way of, that they were, is a top 10 pick, transition number, as the 11th pick, then it would have been third through 25th highest paid salary. So if they had stayed with the original way fifth-year options were, he'd be looking at, I don't know exactly, but I'll use this as a reference point. In 2020, the third through 25th highest paid salaries for safeties at $198.2 million was $6.77 million, so probably in that neighborhood. Now that he's gone to two, two Pro Bowls, safety number, 10.176 and $175 million, $11.525 million, $198.2 million. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is another guy, linebacker. Alternate last year, doesn't count. First-time Pro Bowler this year. So his, he was 16th pick. His is going to be uh, $12.193 million at the worst. Uh, 175 million or 13.18 million if the cap is 198.2 million. Uh, Derwin James is another guy that it's going to be an interesting case because the Chargers are going to have to decide do they want to guarantee a fifth year for him since he has durability concerns. Basically, last two years have been a wash because of injuries. Great his rookie year. So he goes to the Pro Bowl. Safety number for him, minimum $8.868 million, could be as high as $9.831 million. 
So do you want to commit to the fifth year for him, knowing that two out of his first three years he was basically unavailable? Um, Jerry Alexander, first-time Pro Bowl this year, the corner for Green Bay. Um, 12.747 million, worst-case scenario for him. Leighton Van Der Esch went to the Pro Bowl as an alternate as a rookie. Doesn't count. Last year injured, this year injured somewhat. Not, hasn't played up to the same capabilities as a freshman. Is a not a freshman. Is a rookie. His is going to be third through twenty-five uh, paid salaries at linebacker, which is actually good for him, given how Dallas is going to have cap issues as well. Uh, Frank Ragno, first-time Pro Bowl as a center. He gets his at the offensive lineman number, which takes into account all positions. Twelve point one three six million worst-case scenario. 13.475 million caps, 198.2 million. So he's making out better off with the, with the change. Lamar Jackson not getting the Pro Bowl berth this year means that he's going to be at the transition number, uh, 22.07 million last year, the reigning league MVP. In worst case scenario, so have the same one as uh, Josh Allen under the old system. He's not having the same fifth-year option number as Josh Allen because Josh Allen's a top-ten pick, and he was the last pick in the round. So Pro Bowl takes on new significance. I know some people are like, hey, Pro Bowl really shouldn't have this type of importance because it doesn't truly reflect who are the best players for this particular year because there is a, it is a popularity contest and to a degree since there is fan voting. Maybe would have been better served going for the all-pro team, but then you only have, for most news outlets, or most people, entities who do pick a all-pro team, just a first-team all-pro team, so that would have been kind of hard to do as well. That is why the Pro Bowl is taking on added significance from for at least the next decade, or, or when this uh, C, through the remainder of the CBA. So you're going to see first-round picks having money in a fifth-year option, be determined on a Pro Bowl. So if you look at what's happening with the 2019 class, Kyler Murray is going to be a guy. Minimum transition tag, same for Nick Bosa, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Jacobs. And Justin Jefferson, rookies this year, already assured of the transition tag for their Pro Bowl berth um, as rookies. It is almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score. But you don't have to wait till February to start winning with boxes. You can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play, and you can win big. Go to boxes.com for more information or download the app now. B-O-X-I-Z. Sign up at boxes.com or download the app and use my code JOEL20. You will get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and other prizes. Okay, let's turn our attention to Baker Mayfield, the first pick in the 2018 draft. Baker Mayfield was named Offensive Rookie of the Year, then had a sophomore slump. But for Jameis Winston, he would have led the league in interceptions. Baker Mayfield threw 21 last year as the Browns had a disappointing season. Um, Hasn't been to Pro Bowl, didn't get named this year. First half of the year, beginning of the year, Browns get off to a good start. They have a strong running game, maybe the best in the league. Great offensive line. Bunch of weapons at receiver, even though they've lost Odell Beckham Jr. for the year because of a knee injury, ACL tear. 
Um, Baker Mayfield was considered the weak link. And there was a lot of question that maybe they need to find a new quarterback. Well, since the second half of the year started, Baker Mayfield played really well. Browns are 5-1. and one. Um, First half of the season, Baker Mayfield completed 61.4% of his passes, 25th in passer rating, 90.9. Since the second half of the season started, by that I mean the last eight games of the year, they played six of them, completing 67.2% of his passes, 10-1 to one touchdown interception ratio, was 15-7 to seven. Um, first half of the year, 109.7 passer rating, fourth in the NFL over that time. Maybe Baker Mayfield is um, a keeper. Now, it's fifth-year option. Browns are getting a break. Um, would have been transition tags. He's the first pick under the old way. Now, he hasn't been to a Pro Bowl, so it's going to be that third category. Third through 20th highest-paid salaries. I don't know exactly what that is, but I'm going to use the third through 25th for last year just as a frame of reference. So, assuming the cap is at $175 million or close to that. Um, this year, this 2017 class, that number would have been $17.54 million. So we'll say maybe it's $18, $19 million. I don't know what the exact number is going to be. And it'd be fully guaranteed. Well, the Browns have decided at least that they're going to be proactive. And guys they consider core players, they're going to do those contract extensions sooner rather than later. If you're going, and that's what they did with Miles Garrett, um, actually save themselves some money by doing Miles Garrett after three years as opposed to waiting until after this year, then doing it heading into the option year. Now, Baker Mayfield's a quarterback. Miles Garrett, second highest paid defensive player in the league. You have to pay Baker Mayfield more than Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's $25 million per year, five year extension, $100 million guaranteed, $50 million fully guaranteed. If you're going to do Baker Mayfield now, maybe you. Make him wait and see if second half of the year is what he really is by making him do it again. Now, the rest of the year could be determinative as well on what happens. Browns on the cusp of playoff berth already have 10 wins. Let's say they uh, get in the playoffs. Baker stinks up the joint in the playoffs. There's not going to be a lot of enthusiasm on the fans to get Baker Mayfield done now. But if what he's doing the second half of the year continues and – even if they, let's say it's like the Ravens game, the only loss second half of the year, where the offense is great, the defense can't stop anybody, and Baker Mayfield plays really well, then you'd still have momentum or people would be less critical about the Browns getting a deal done. Now, I already said you're going to have to pay him more than you'd pay Miles Garrett, and there are a couple instances where you saw that happen, where there was the best player on the team was a non-quarterback, and the quarterback got paid more. Justin Houston, when he was franchised, I believe 2015, made less than Alex Smith. It's like $18 million to like 16.2 per year. Oh, uh, Calvin Johnson, um, highest paid non-quarterback when he signed his deal at $16.207 million in 2012 when Matthew Stafford did his extension about a year later, $18 million. Even though that was a time when Stafford, you're kind of worrying, you weren't sure what he was. And he did a three-year extension as kind of a bridge extension. Actually, considering maybe that's what the Browns want to do if they're not totally sold on Baker Mayfield, a bridge extension for three years. But Baker Mayfield may be considered a guy that you're not going to have him win games by himself or with his arm consistently, but you got the right pieces around him, you can do all right. A guy like that, what's that worth? Well, 
Kirk Cousins is a guy like that. <laughs> He's got a strong running game. They rely on Dalvin Cook. That's the focal point of the offense. He's got two really good receivers, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, the rookie, pro bowler. Supposed to have a good defense, even though <laughs> I don't think it was going to confuse what they did against the Saints as being good defense. <laughs> He's $33 million per year on the extension he signed um, in the offseason. So, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill last year, when he resurrected his career to avoid uh, the Titans having to make a decision on which who gets the ta- gets franchise tag, Derrick Henry or Tannehill. Tannehill signs 118 over four, 29 and a half million dollars per year, 91 million guaranteed, 62 million fully guaranteed at signing. So, if you're going to extend Baker Mayfield, he's going to be a 30 million dollar per year quarterback at a minimum if you do it during the off season. The question is, is that going to happen? Let's look at the other end of the spectrum with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, in any other year, Roethlisberger, because he's coming back from the uh, surgery on his arm because of the elbow, he's going to win comeback player of the year. Not with Alex Smith making a miraculous comeback. Alex Smith is comeback player of the year just for being able to come back. He didn't have to get on the field and eventually, because of Kyle Allen's injury, become the starter. So that's sewn up. Steelers start out 11-0. 11-3, and three, they don't look very good. They look like a team primed for an early playoff exit. Roethlisberger said, has said within the last week he intends to play in 2021, the final year of his contract. Could have a change of heart, though, kind of left a little opening. Also acknowledged that he's been playing like poo. His words, not mine. During the three-game losing streak, it's become more apparent than it was before that He's having a hard time getting the ball down the field. They have no running game. They don't block well, at least in the run game. So he's not going to threaten the defense with his arm beating them long. Well, we also see Phillip Rivers can't really throw deep either uh, anymore. Another older quarterback who was in the same draft class that um, uh, Roethlisberger was in. Some people might say that Roethlisberger's problems stem more from the knee injury suffered against the Cowboys as opposed to the arm not quite being right after the elbow surgery. But either way, he's averaging a career-low 6.2 yards per attempt, which is 31st in the NFL. And in December, when the only win is a Ravens game, three-game losing streak, but now in December, he just hasn't played well at all. Is this like Father Tom catching up to him? Um, I remember when Peyton Manning took that beating from the Rams um, when he was humming along. He was never the same after that, and then um, won a Super Bowl the next year and retired. But problem with Roethlisberger is he's got the highest cap number in the league next year, $41.25 million. And part of that is a product that they did a uh, two-year extension last in 2019, right before the draft, for $34 million per year. And gave him a $37.5 million signing bonus. They're approaching over three years. Then they decided to um, do a salary conversion last year, where they turned um, $19 million into a signing bonus, prorated that over two years. So now he's got two sets of proration. Of that $41.25 million um, cap number for next year, $22.25 million is bonus proration. Um, Steelers got to make a decision in Roethlisberger quickly because third day of the league year, 15 to $19 million in salary is a roster bonus. Um, $10 million of it's guaranteed for injury, just like the base salary is guaranteed for injury. So if you want to do something with him, you got to do it before the third day of the year, uh, March uh, 19th. Now, 
Steelers kicked the can down there with the best of them in terms of uh, pushing cap obligations off to tomorrow. But one thing they haven't really done is stick um, dummy years, voidable years to stretch out proration. So if you weren't going to do a new deal with him, maybe they got to stick dummy years so they can convert salary and lower the cap number. You could stick up to four dummy years in there, um, 22 through two through 2025. And, if you did that, the max you could get out of cap room is $14.34 million. If you chopped this base salary down to $1.075 million, converted everything else into signing bonuses, cap number would be $26.91 million next year. So you'd pick up $14.34 million cap room, which Pittsburgh is going to need because right now they got $202.8 $6 million of cap commitments, 36 players under contract, top 51 count in the offseason, $5.14 million you can carry over to next year. Um, that's going to put them at $213.1 million of cap commitments. Uh, what's that project? That's what that projects to. Um, minus the carryover, uh, once you have the top 51, you're at 207, basically 208. If the cap's 175, you're about $33 million over. If the cap is... Um, 198.2, you're about 9.8 over, so you could wipe it all out doing what I suggested with Roethlisberger that way. Then in 2022, if he retired or you cut him, you'd have that 14.34 dead money then. If you did it, if you walked away from him this year, you got 22.25 million of dead money. You pick up 19 million for not having a salary. He's never gone into a contract year and not gotten an extension. So if you wanted to extend him out for a year, the going rate for the older quarterbacks, $25 million per year. Drew Brees, $50 million over two years. He's older than Roethlisberger. Tom Brady, $50 million over two years. His is fully guaranteed, though. Brees' isn't. Um, he's older than Roethlisberger. Um, Phillip Rivers, one-year deal, $25 million to go to, um, to lead the Chargers for the Colts. So maybe you uh, extend him for $25 million, one-year extension, $25 million. Um, he's going to want more than a $19 million to do to a one-year extension, most likely. So maybe it's uh, he makes uh, 25 this year, in 2021, I should say, and then you've got 19 left over the next year. And you try to do it that way to pick up cap room, and you'd have to probably do dummy years to do that as well. So Pittsburgh looks like they're headed for an early exit. If I'm them, I'm probably looking for his replacement in the draft. And if they have the early exit, they're probably going to have the 24th pick if they lose their first playoff game. And you take whatever quarterback is there. It's a pretty deep year for quarterbacks. I don't know if that would be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, uh, Kyle Trask, but you're probably not going to have a shot at um, uh, Justin Fields or uh, Zach Wilson. Now, maybe you move up in the draft and try to get one of those guys if it's someone you – you really like, um, but still, drafting where they are uh, late in the draft, they're probably going to be able to uh, uh, get get the heir apparent to um, Ben Roethlisberger. Now, we saw last year Green Bay moved up from the 30th pick to get uh, Jordan Love um, at 26. <laughs> That's kind of reinvigorated uh, um, Aaron Rodgers. So if you wanted to move up, we have seen teams that have, have done it as um, late as uh, last year. So 
Anyway, that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, you can find my CBSSports.com, find my work there, Agents Take. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.